is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to change the station. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will bring it to a whisper. For the next hour, sit quietly and we shall control all that you hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. And now, it's time for the radio show that covers just about every topic. Because variety is the spice of life. From the arcane and unusual to current events and practical tips. Because if it's interesting, they'll be talking about it. And now, here's Bill and Allison Mancaro. Thank you, Harley. Thank you very much. Thank you, Harley. We are Bill and Allison. We're sometimes wrong. But we're always right. Yeah, just know that. 909 on a chilly, chilly Saturday morning. Yeah, I think our car said it was, what, about 28 out there? 28, 29 officially uh, at the moment. But uh, have and, an uh, icy mix A little icy weather. mix, so watch your, watch your uh, if you're out driving, just uh, slow down and be extra careful of the other guy particularly. Uh, we are uh, always like to begin our program with a uh, quick verse from the Bible. Uh, this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So we, we had some light afflictions <laughs> recently. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, 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 uh, we spent the week in Florida, which was very you know, a nice time of year. to Well, it's a nice time of year to get away from the cold. Not a good time of year to go to Florida because everyone else in the country makes the same decision. Well, but when we were going up from Sarasota to Tampa, we were told it was a lot of um, rush hour traffic from people who work that in Sarasota, yeah. and they live north. They live in Bradenton and Inglewood mm-hmm. because they can't afford to live in Sarasota. Uh, mm-hmm. Sarasota prices have just, you know, oh, exploded. Is that, oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. They've just, uh, housing prices, apartment prices, uh, very, you know, very similar to, you know, like Fredericksburg and places around here, only I think more so there. That's uh, probably true. Yeah. So it's, uh, it was... Uh, Quite an experience. Trying to get back was quite an experience. Oh, and, and, and I had food poisoning. Oh, yes. You had food poisoning, so that set <laughs> so, you back so about a day that, and a half. That Couldn't do much day. of anything except... Uh, <clears throat> you don't need to go to these. No, we don't. But, uh, so that, that was an experience. And then uh, we went to a restaurant uh, Thursday night with a friend that he picked out the restaurant. And we had to wait how long, else for a table? An hour and a half? It was at least an hour and a half. Yeah. And I, I've been to that restaurant many times. Yeah. And I guess I'd never been there high season. Oh, my God. I mean, it was wall-to-wall people, and it, yeah. that's I, we don't do do that. But we were with a friend; he wanted to be there, so we had a good time with him anyway. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Nine Eleven. It's our Hill Country Patriot time, and what do we got today? On today's show, we've got Texas history, local events, the real news behind the fake news, and despite all this, lots of laughs. We also have a special interview. We do with Dr. Mark McDonald, mm-hmm. and uh, if you haven't heard him, he is amazing. He's amazing. He's a Los Angeles psychiatrist, and we interviewed him. Uh, he says the Chinese communist virus, which is called COVID, 
is not a medical pandemic. It is a pandemic of irrational fear. Yeah. So you want to stay tuned for that. That is world-class uh, stuff that he uh, that he has to talk about. Well, you mentioned Texas history. I did. Do you, do you have some for I us? I just <laughs> might have some. What a coincidence. <laughs> this week in 1848, the Texas legislature created Gillespie County from Bear and Travis counties. It was cut out. And the first known residents of Gillespie County were the Tonkawa Indians. By, I'm sorry, the Tonkawa Native Americans. I'm sorry, the Tonkawa, um, what's the other one? I don't know. Oh, oh, see, I didn't in, indigenous people. Indigenous peoples, that's it. Thank you. Anyway, by the 19th century, Comanches and Kiowas had also moved into this area. And the future Gillespie County was first settled by Germans in 1846 when John O. Musbach led a group of 120 Germans to the site of Fredericksburg. The Texas legislature named the county after Captain Robert A. Gillespie, a hero of the Mexican War, and made Fredericksburg the county seat. And uh, little factoids there. Gillespie County originally included areas that today are parts of Blanco, Burnett, Llano, and Mason counties. Hmm. So, and Fredericksburg, we have talked about in the past on the show, was the home of what many people consider the first person to ever fly an airplane. He made it oh, that's and flew right. it. Yeah. Uh, out by uh, Luckenbach. Mm-hmm. Um, many years, for, I think 40 years, I'm going to remember, before the Wright brothers. But he doesn't get the credit for it. The Wright brothers did. Well, it is 9.13. It's our Hill Country Patriot time. We've got a little, we're going to talk about local news throughout the program, but it's uh, primarily important <laughs> that I talk about this. <laughs> Primary election is this Tuesday, March one. Each party will choose its candidate for seven statewide seats, governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, land commissioner, agriculture commissioner, comptroller, and one of three seats on the railroad commission. You might think, if you're new to Texas, how important is the railroad commission? Well, they're in charge of all the energy production, okay? (laughs) So it's a very big deal. I'd rather be the railroad commissioner than uh, most of these other things. Um Republicans and Democrats will also choose their candidates to face off in November for district-based congressional and legislative offices, the state board of election, and judicial seats. Did you see? Did you hear about that? A naked woman running for uh, railroad commission? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. In case you don't know what we're talking about, uh, a uh, <laughs> yeah. woman I don't even know. Her I'm name. sure you want to see. I'm pictures. not even going to mention her name. Uh, but uh, she she did a, a commercial, uh, uh, basically uh, wearing almost nothing. <laughs> uh, and uh, she said she thought she'd get a lot of attention for it. And she's not apologizing for it. She, you know, it's a publicity stunt. But uh, anyway, that's <laughs> that's Texas politics for you. Mm-hmm. Never never a dull moment. <laughs> oh. I, have you got a uh, diet soda around here, Allison? I'm getting kind of parched. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you why you shouldn't drink a diet soda. Well, first of all, most of us who are watching our weight, which is a lot of us, um, don't drink regular soda because because of all the calories it has and sugar and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it has high sugar content and also um, high fructose corn syrup. And so you might think, um, and well, and research has shown that sugary bever- beverages are, are to blame for about 104 184,000 deaths worldwide each year, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. 
And so you might think, oh, okay, I'll just drink diet soda. Well, actually, diet soda is not a healthier alternative. That's one of the biggest myths that we have today, that it's it's a good thing. Um, and it puts your heart at risk in the following conditions. Stroke and dementia, heart attack, metabolic syndrome and type 2 diabetes, depression, and weight I'm gain. I'm depressed just hearing about this. I know. Um and and it can because the reason for the weight gain it, it promotes metabolic dysfunction that may promote the accumulation of fat and we thought we were doing a good thing no kidding no kidding so so diet soda is no better for you than regular sugar loaded sodas actually it sounds like it, it might be worse it sounds like you might might be better off just drinking a small amount of of regular soda well, that is, as Harley would say, that is something good to know. I know. Uh, 9.16 on a Saturday morning with Bill and Allison and Carol. You're listening to the Hill Country Patriot, 104.3 Kerrville and 102.1 in Fredericksburg. And we are your information station for yes. Kerrville, and, you know, Fredericksburg. We're, we were just talking about traveling. Comfort, what? Bandera, oh, okay. Hunt, Ingram, Johnson City, Mountain Home, Center Point, and points between and yeah. afar. Now... Go well, on. okay, we, we were t- Bill was talking about our traveling yesterday, and um, I learned something very interesting at uh, DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Um, I was chatting with someone who worked there, and he was speaking a, speaking with his co-workers, several co-workers, so there were at least three or four people speaking a language that I didn't understand. It was not Spanish. And so I asked the guy where he was from, and he said, Egypt. And I said, I said, so you were speaking Egyptian? He said, yes. So the fact that there were at least three or four Egyptians working at the airport makes me wonder if there's a large Egyptian community in Dallas hmm. or Dallas-Fort Worth. There may be. There may be. It's something for you to research. <laughs> well, it is. It is. Okay. I've, I've got something coming up after the break. What's the worst football te- tackle Texas in history? Are Texas, all hail the mighty state. Texas coming up, our interview with Dr. Mark McDonald, psychiatrist who says the Chinese virus called COVID is not a medical pandemic. It's a pandemic of irrational fear and some hilarious product names that didn't work. So stay tuned. We're Bill and Allison Mencaro. On Hill Country Patriot every Saturday morning at 9. And online at hillcountrypatriot.com. Our website is firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. You can listen to our podcast 24 7. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong. That you may grow in power and work throughout the ages long. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong, that you may grow in power and worth throughout the ages long. Texas. Through the years, never bring me any tears. 
Well, folks, if you enjoy that music, that's the Jive Aces, and they're going to be here in Kerrville at the Kalu Center on April 9th. So you need to come out and see them in person. Get your tickets and get them online. They do, a, they do a great show. I told you we were going to have some um, hilarious product names that uh, didn't go well in other countries. Um, for example, in Apparently, these companies did not do a lot of research when they were globalizing their brands because their product names mean something different in a foreign language. For example, Braniff Airlines um, had a slogan touting its finely upholstered seats as fly in leather. In Spanish, that means (laughs) fly naked. (laughs) (laughs) Clairol launched a curling iron called Mist Stick in Germany, even though Mist in German sl- is German slang for manure. <laughs> <laughs> manure stick. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Coca-Cola's brand name, when first marketed in China, was sometimes translated Bite the Wax Tadpole. <laughs> I have heard that one. I have heard that one. Oh, that's funny. That is very funny. 924, Saturday morning, Bill and Allison Mencaro. Well, I promised you one. Uh, the worst football tackle in history uh, happened, uh, unfortunately, in Texas. <laughs> Rice University halfback Dickie Mogul was in the clear and racing toward a 95-yard touchdown run in the 1954 Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Suddenly, Alabama fullback Tommy Lewis jumped off the the bench jumped off the Alabama bench as Mogul was running past him and stopped him with a flying tackle. <laughs> the guy wasn't even in the game, oh. but he he just on impulse saw the saw the uh, Rice uh, guy Dickie Mogul running for a touchdown, so he jumps off the bench and tackles him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was instantly realized, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> and so he crawled back to the bench cursing himself while 75,000 fans went slack-jawed with disbelief. <laughs> uh, what happened was the referee picked up the ball, carried it to the uh, rest of the way to the uh, uh, to the goal line, giving Rice the touchdown that wow. Mogul would have scored anyway, and Rice went on to win the Cotton Bowl 28-6. to wow. uh, So that just, you know, it's just beyond belief. Now, that, his name was Tommy Lewis, the guy who jumped off the bench. How is this for weird stuff? Years later, as a high school coach, Tommy Lewis, the guy who jumped off the bench and tackled uh, Dickie Mogul, he was a high school coach. He watched in disbelief as one of his own players made the same mistake. <laughs> no. The same mistake. No kidding. His team was ahead 12-7 to 7 with a minute left to play, and they lost 13-12. to 12. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wild that's stuff. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, our special guest, a very special guest, is Dr. Mark McDonald, who is a psychiatrist and author. His opinions have been widely published, including the Wall Street Journal of, and the Federalist. Uh, he and Dr. Jeff Barkey have a weekly podcast, and you can find that at informeddissentmedia.com, and we'll be giving that out later as well. That explores the intersection of healthcare and politics. Dr. McDonald has advised Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to prohibit school masks, saying that masking a child is child abuse. Governor DeSantis took Dr. McDonald's advice, and Florida has one of the lowest COVID rates in the United States. And Dr. McDonald was wide, widely attacked in Florida for, for that. He was accused, of, he was accused <laughs> of being a child murderer for, for yeah. saying that. 
You know, when you're when you're when you're taking a lot of fire, you know you're getting close to the target. He is author of the very important book, The United States of Fear: How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. Uh, so, welcome, Dr. McDonald. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be here, Bell and Allison. Absolutely. We've been uh, talking about uh, the United States of Fear for some time on this program and recommending it to uh, our listeners. Uh, why did you write the book? Well, I didn't want to write it. <laughs> Actually, I, I avoided writing the book, and I avoided uh, getting involved at all in any kind of public writing for quite some time. It was only after months and months of cajoling and, um, I would say, even coercion on the part of my colleagues, and then finally a editor from Post Hill Press, Adam Bellow, who insisted that I had something important to say and that he wanted to publish it, did I actually sit down and start writing the book? And I hated writing the book. I remember from high school, uh, a famous author whose name I don't recall now said, I hate writing, but I love having written. And <laughs> I'm really glad that I did. It was a very painful process. I spent hours and hours and hours of um, revisions and referencing so that every opinion that I write is based upon something objective and factual, um, which is really irritating actually now to see that there are people who clearly haven't read the book who are writing comments on Amazon and the review columns, uh, such as, uh, there's no references in this book. He doesn't back up anything he has to say. Well, it's oh. a hundred and I think 38 page book and the last 40 pages are oh. all references. So oh, it, like, 30% of the book is references. Oh, ex exactly. I, 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 noticed, I noticed that. I, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you wrote that it's my, my diagnosis that we were suffering from a society-wide mental health crisis due to a pandemic of fear. What, 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 what do you mean by that? So why I wrote the book in, in terms of the ideas is that I needed to make it clear to as many people as I could that we are not in a medical pandemic. And I said that from the very beginning, from probably May of 2020. We are in a pandemic of fear. We still are, two years later. We solved the medical crisis very quickly. We are not in a data war anymore. We haven't been for probably a year and a half now. We know what we're up against. We know how to treat it. We know who gets sick, who doesn't. We know who's at risk. Now, what we're doing about that is a whole separate issue. But it's not an intellectual or academic or medical argument. It hasn't been. The problem, the real suffering that we've been uh, swimming in for the last two years has been a psychological one. It's been one of our own making. It's been one that's been made by man, uh, by government, by media, by corporations. And it's, it's largely a pandemic of fear. And the driving force of the fear is the constant chronic lying propaganda and misinformation that's been foisted onto us by this cabal this government, media, and corporate cabal. And they have essentially ensconced a mass delusional psychosis into our society, meaning a abdication of basic common sense reason, critical thinking, and judgment by the vast majority of Americans who are reacting to a primitive um, brain response of fear. And when this goes on for a very long period of time, we're not talking about two weeks to flatten the curve. We're talking about now almost into really year three of this. It's as if somebody comes back from a war with PTSD and every time he hears 
a branch drop from a tree or a car backfire or someone dropping their keys on the ground, he jumps up and attacks because he, he's lost his ability to make judgments in the moment. He's driven by an emotional, unresolved trauma. He has PTSD. This is really what Americans have, have turned into. They become emotionally reactive. They're not thinking. Uh, and unlike someone with PTSD who can go in and out of that state, Americans are in it chronically. They're in it 24-7. I see it in my practice. I see it on the streets of L.A. I leave my house in the morning, and it feels as if I am entering an insane asylum, a giant open-air insane asylum where everybody is clinically, mentally ill, psychotic, and paranoid. And I don't mean to say this in an exaggerated, bombastic way. I really mean it. I really think that most Americans are, clinically speaking, mentally ill at this moment. Hmm. Well, is it wrong to be afraid of the coronavirus and its variants? Well, you know, often people will ask me, what's fear and why is it a problem? And my answer is, well, there's nothing wrong with fear. As long as you're afraid of the right thing at the right time to the right degree, just like anger. Similar to being afraid of a hot stove. There's nothing wrong with being afraid of a hot stove. If we put our hand on it, we weren't afraid. We burn. That's why we have pain. That's why we have fear. So being afraid of something that puts you at risk of self-harm or death or that of your loved ones is completely reasonable. The problem is the fear that we feel now and the fear that we've been feeling for two years is misplaced. It is exaggerated and it is persistent. Just as a painful response by putting your hand on the stove, if it continues when your hand is not on the stove, when it's not at risk, that's actually called pathologic or pathogenic pain. Fear, when there's no immediate risk, when you're not standing in front of a bus barreling down on you, nothing is nearby, and you're scared just to exist, just to be, just to live, now that fear is pathologic. Now that fear is paranoid. Now you're actually in a state of mental illness. That's the difference between healthy fear and mass delusional psychosis. Dr. Mark McDonald. We sure appreciate you being with us. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, he's, of course, again, the author of the very important book, The United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis, which is available online. You should get it. You should read it. You should recommend it to your friends. You should give it as gifts. Uh, the United States of Fear is the name of it. And his website, where you can hear his podcasts, informeddissentmedia.com. That's informed dissent d-i-s-s-e-n-t media.com thank you dr mcdonald thanks bring me sun well that's more of uh jive aces who are going to be here in kerrville the clue center on april 9th hope we'll hope you'll come out and hear, see them and we're bill and allison men carol hillcountrypatriot.com every saturday morning at nine and our website, firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> welcome back. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, you want me to sing a little song and a little bump music there? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I just, uh, this is a personal attributes. This is from an actual resume. K 
cat-like reflexes. Now you see me, meow you don't. Somebody put that on the resume. Uh-huh, there's an actual resume. It does, it's not clear if it's the same person, but it sort of sounds like it is. Possible ESP. Emits pleasant aroma. Know when to fold, hold. Knows when to fold. Not bad at sexy dancing. Brother. <laughs> Would you hire that candidate? No, not on a bet. <laughs> Today is Family Free Day at the Museum of Western Art in Kerrville, 1550 Bandera Highway. Most people know where that is. Uh, free admission to Kerr County residents from 10 a.m. today until 4 p.m. So, never been to the Museum of Western Art? You certainly should go. It's a real gem that uh, the Hill Country can can boast about. And also today and tomorrow, the Texas Gun and Knife Show is going to be at the oh, Kerr County Hill Country Youth Event Center, the Happy State. It's, it's Bank. the Ag Barn. It is the Ag Barn. It's always been and always will be the Ag Barn. Anyway, the uh, Texas Gun and Knife Show will be there Saturday, today, from 9 to 5, and tomorrow, Sunday, from Are 10, you going? 10 to 4. I do have to ask. <laughs> oh, and uh, guys, you know there are always uh, arts and crafts booths and jewelry booths. Those are not for you, <laughs> particularly. They're for your wife or your girlfriend. So take a little drink. I'm going to the gun show becomes a real exciting thing for her because she knows you're coming back with some trinket for her. So be sure to do that. 939 Texas Hill Country, uh, Texas, uh, whatever we are, the uh, Hill Country Patriot time. Uh, 939 with Bill and Allison Mencaro. I noticed uh, something, this is real quick, the new CEO of Twitter is even worse than Jack Dorsey. Uh, His name is Parag Agrawal. And he's kicking off his new position with a heaping dose of racism. Here's what he said, quote, Why should I distinguish between white people and racists? Okay. Our role at Twitter is not to be bound by the First Amendment. We focus less about think- on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how the times have changed, unquote. We don't, we don't care about free speech because the times have changed. You know, free speech is not, is not, you know, not a, not an in thing anymore with him. Of course, you know, well, I don't want to go there, but, uh, that's, that's your new Twitter. And that's, you know, how come all of the social media and the major news networks and the major newspapers are all run by leftists? You think there might be one that's run by a conservative? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're all run by leftists. Right. And, uh. These poor sheeple that listen to their garbage. And Fox is getting some lefties on it. Yeah, Fox is, uh, well, it's, it's when uh, Rupert Murdoch turned it over to his sons, and uh, his sons are, are uh, quite liberal, uh, particularly one, I don't know, don't pay attention to names, but uh, uh, one of them who's in charge of programming, his wife sent out a tweet when uh, Biden won, saying how thrilled she was that Biden won. So these are the people running Fox. I don't watch Fox anymore. Uh, Newsmax is good. Um, Actually, I, I watch Fox. There, well, I wouldn't admit it publicly if I were you. <laughs> uh, okay. I have to get my news someplace. Tucker is good. Sean yes. Hannity is good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I like Greg Gutfeld. You like Greg Gutfeld. But uh, that's that's it as far as Fox is, as far as I know. Okay, you've been reading about the fire on the ship uh, in the Atlantic, I think it is, um, where they have all of these uh, Porsches and... It's 4,000 luxury cars, uh, electric cars. Uh, it was hauling 
electric luxury cars. Well, these electric vehicles may have burned down the ship. Uh, it's uh, they're saying the uh, it, it it was at least intensified by the batteries in the electric vehicles on board. Uh, the, the Felicity Ace is the name of the ship. It was the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, a port official says that lithium-ion batteries in the electric cars were keeping the fire alive. Um, so it's uh, 4,000 Porsches, Bentleys, Mercedes, uh, and we don't know. All the crews rescued, but we don't, you know, presumably the, all the cars burned up. We don't know for sure. But uh, what, the, what the takeaway is on this what do you think an electric vehicle might do in your garage no. or when you're driving it? Right. Uh, I mean, electric vehicles are becoming more popular. Of course, this is part of the green new deal move, movement and all that. But a lot of people forget about their potential fire hazards. And plus they're an environmental disaster. Oh, exactly. What, 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 what do they do with them when, when they the batteries lose their life? Yeah. Well, the battery and the battery manufacturing is very bad on the environment mm-hmm. uh plus to say the vast majority of the batteries are made in china but over 80 percent of the batteries for electric oh. vehicles are made in china um here's a list of companies of auto manufacturers that have seen their electric vehicles catch fire tesla mm-hmm. porsche porsche hyundai general motors volkswagen mitsubishi fitzker byd and others uh, they've often recalled their electric vehicles due to potential faults that increase the risk of fire. August of last year, General Motors recalled its Bolt electric vehicles for the third time in nine months. The same time, Hyundai recalled over 80,000 of its electric vehicles over fire concerns. Uh, a study has found that electric vehicle fire, I couldn't believe this, but it turns out to be true. Electric vehicle fires in the United States make up 17% of all reported fires in the U.S. Well, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> no. Wow. 287,000 vehicle fires per year or 30 electric vehicle fires per hour in the United States. Well, maybe, maybe that's why our house burned down. <laughs> I don't want to talk about our house burning down. We didn't have an electric vehicle. I know. Uh, but uh, lithium-ion batteries and lithium-metal batteries are known to... Uh, undergo a process called a thermal runaway when they fail. Uh, the pressure and temperature increase. If the interior of the battery is exposed to the air, it then it can catch fire, even explode. Um, so they can. Uh, there's a lot more to it, but uh, you know, basically, if you buy an electric vehicle, you're giving money to China, you're polluting the environment, and risking your life. Is the is the bottom line on mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So, nine forty-five. Hill Country Patriot Time with Bill and Allison and Carol. Glad you are with us. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's another one. Our Hillary. Our Hillary. Our lovely Hillary. She, You know, remember when Trump was elected, she threw a massive hissy fit uh, throughout his entire term. After he beat her, she said, oh, it was a rigged election. And people were demonstrating, not my president and all that, and they were rioting. Okay, here we are in 2022 and suddenly thinks that voter fraud is a myth. <laughs> she, she tweeted this week, voter fraud is such a myth. It's most outspoken critics have to commit the fraud themselves to find an example of it. Okay, that, Hillary, that means one of two things. You're a hypocrite and you only say what fits your political agenda at the time. Her political agenda is, for, 
is her. She's a total narcissist. Or she's admitting that Trump will beat uh, that. But, um, I'm sorry. She's admitting that Trump did beat her fair and square. There's either vote fraud or there isn't. Well, it's voter fraud, Hillary, when Demo Democrats lose, but there's no voter fraud uh, when Democrats win. Uh, you know, that actually reminds me of Macho Man Randy Savage, the <laughs> professional wrestler. Uh, he had a brilliant, brilliant comeback. Uh, I saw him interviewed on TV once, and he said, well, is professional wrestling fake? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, what he said is, well, when I lose, it's fake, and when I win, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I love that. I love that. Now I'm sure I'm sure everyone knows um, who Lockheed Martin is. Do you, Bill? I've heard of it, of course, as a defense contractor. Right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Sources within Lockheed Martin confirmed this week that loud cheering was heard coming from the defense contractor's executive boardroom. The cheers coincided with the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, as multiple voices within the United States condemned the attack and suggested that America intervene in the dispute. Yay! Came a cry echoing through the building. The sounds of high fives pounding on the conference table and a loud thumping chest bump were also heard. At one point, a chant erupted of war, war, war. Some, some employees claim they heard the sound of champagne bottles popping, while others say confetti poppers went off throughout the morning. I believe that. Actually, I don't, I don't think that's a joke. I believe that. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean that's, who makes money from war? Exactly. Defense contractors. Lock, Lock, Lockheed Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, while we're talking about Ukraine, we, we, we have a uh, personal relationship with someone who lives in Ukraine. Yeah, we have a friend in, uh, in Kiev, actually, which used to be Kiev, but for some reason they changed the pronunciation. And uh, just like they do a lot. Peiping, Peking... Beijing, Dingaling, whatever they're <laughs> going to call it next week. Uh, so we uh, we emailed him and said, "How you doing?" And I didn't know if we'd get an answer at all if he had, even had right. internet in Ukraine. But uh, his name is Oleg, and uh, he answered right away. He said, uh, "He said we're fine. They live right. I'm not sure where they live in Kiev. We never visited them, but uh, they live right in town." And he said, "We heard some explosions far away, uh, but he said the neighborhood is quiet." And this is as of yesterday. He said the neighborhood is quiet. We haven't seen any troops or anything like that. And but he said some people just feel safe spending the night in bomb in a bomb shelter. Uh, he said we haven't done that. We don't feel that that's necessary. Uh, so it's uh, it's quiet in Kiev except for some apparently some explosions. And uh, but uh, our friend is feels uh, doesn't feel he should leave. He did say many people have left, uh, but uh, he he so far uh, feels safe or relatively safe. Would they get what smaller towns away from the big city? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Nine forty nine, Hill Country Patriot time. Got, uh, of course, uh, what's in the news this week as well is President Biden has settled on Katanji Brown Jackson as the nominee to replace Justice Stephen Breyer on the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's breaking news. That is breaking news, and you heard it here second on the Bill and Allison <laughs> and Carol show right after, right after the Harley show. Uh, but uh, that's an interesting pick. A lot of people thought he would pick this uh, Judge Childs from South Carolina, which Lindsey Graham was pushing for, and uh, but he didn't. He went with a woman named Katanji Brown Jackson. Um, what do you know about her, Allison? 
Well, she has been on, she was just um, confirmed a few months ago for um, the second highest court in the United States, which is the uh, um, U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Yeah, U.S. Court of Appeals for District of Columbia District of Columbia Circuit. Watch my lips move. I have trouble. We have a friend who served on it, and I always have trouble remembering the name of it. We just we just usually call it the D.C. Circuit. Yeah. U.S. Court of Appeals, if I'm correct in my memory, U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. It's the second highest court in the land. Yeah. Right. They're often Supreme Court uh, justices come off of that. Uh, yeah. After exactly. serving in that court. Exactly. And she was, she was a- approved, like I said, just a few months ago. And there were only. So th- she's only been on that court for a few months. So, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Very brief. Mm. Briefly. And uh, there were only three Republicans who voted against her. I'm sorry, who voted for her. Um, Lindsey Graham was one of them. And. Today he says she's a leftist. Hmm. But so, he, vo- he voted for her. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, he and probably the two most liberal um, Republicans uh, voted for um, Jackson's confirmation. Well, well, well. You know, I she, she to give her credit, she graduated from Harvard Law. She clerked for Justice Breyer, the one she's been nominated to replace. But she's not built a big reputation, even though she's only been on the bench for a few months. She's not not considered a, a, a brilliant legal mind, uh, pretty much universally. Um, she was, prior to being a judge on the appeals court, she was a federal trial judge in D.C., and she her rate of uh, reversals, I understand, by higher courts was higher than a normal, mm. uh, usual judge. Uh, critics has described her legal writing style as clunky, which is not a good thing when you're trying to be very precise in your legal opinion to be clunky and difficult to understand what you're saying. Um, But, but her, her pick was just totally because of her race yeah, and her gender. Exactly. I mean, that's, uh, Biden said he would only consider a black woman Mm -hmm. to be on the Supreme court. And of course he's trolling for votes uh, for that. It's just crass hypocrisy. Uh, And people say, well, Ronald Reagan promised to, nominate a woman for the Supreme Court, so how come, well, there. Well, I thought that was a bad idea, too. You should, you should nominate the most qualified person you can find uh, that, that, that is in line with, with the judicial philosophy that you believe in. Well, Reagan uh, said that he was wanting to choose a woman, but did he only look at woman, women I candidates? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Um, often they won't tell you who, he looks at, who they look at because they don't, you know, I mean... How would you feel? Yeah, I was considered but rejected, <laughs> so they they don't want to do that. Uh, the media often finds out, but uh, but this woman, Katanji Brown Jackson, is a black woman, and that apparently was you know what was the qualification you need. Um, you know, you don't. By the way, you don't have to be a lawyer to be on the Supreme Court. Yeah, I think I'd heard that. Yeah, it's uh, just a little factoid there. there. I don't think. Have there been any? I don't. Maybe back. I was going to say back. Back in the seventeen hundreds or early eighteen hundreds. I don't know. I've never researched that. Yeah, today I, I bet someone who was not a lawyer or or a judge would would not be considered. Happen. Yeah. Uh, prior to being a judge, Jackson worked as a public defender, and uh, that makes you wonder: Will she soft on crime, uh, especially when many Democrats are calling for defunding the po- the police? Uh, so. 
I don't know. Uh, it's uh, one little interesting factoid about this Supreme Court pick. There's talk in Washington, and, and by the way, for background, Alice and I spent most of our careers in Washington, D.C., working for the federal government and then working for Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, um, well, we were both press secretaries on Capitol Hill for congressmen. That's how we met. And uh, I was a, a legislative director, and uh, then, you know, you bounce around from, you know, get bored with doing one thing, so you get do something else, but you can still do it in Congress. Yeah, uh, chief, when, of, chief when, of staff or subcommittee. Yes. When when you work in Washington, it's not unusual, as Bill said, to have quite a few different jobs yeah. over the years. And my, I know my father was just absolutely appalled because he had one job his entire life. So I think he thought I was just being flaky. But um, that that's that's just what you do yeah. when you're in Washington. You, opportunities come up. You get opportunities. Or yeah. or you're working for a congressman and he's defeated, or yeah. you know. There are various, various reasons. Or to. your congressman gets drunk and runs into a tree right before the re-election. Or your congressman is involved in a sex scandal with a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah. That was my congressman, and the guy who ran into the tree was her, Allison's congressman. Right. So, so, and they both got defeated. So, yeah, so we have personal experience with this. Yeah. But uh, we stayed in uh, Washington probably too long. I, I remember going... Uh, I usually took my lunch at my desk because the, the workload for congressional staff is horrendous. I mean, oh, yeah, we'd come in, come in early, uh, I mean early, and um, work until late at night. Yeah, and then we go to the and, Capitol uh, Hill Club. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I went out to the Cannon carryout, the Cannon House Office Building uh, carryout to get my lunch and take back my desk. And one time I looked around and it was very crowded and I realized that other than the people working there behind the counter, I was probably the youngest customer there. And that's when I started to think, you know, how much longer do you want to do this high stress job? Well, you know, and most, most people don't. It's, it's, it's a great job when you're in your twenties, thirties, thirties. In one of the congressional offices Bill was in, um, he was the only person married and the, including the congressman. Yeah. yeah. And were, were you the oldest in Shooty's office? Uh, yeah, I was older than the congressman. Yeah, yeah. So, so Bill was the oldest, yeah. and um, the only married one. The only married one, and I think the only one in the other office. Uh, I think I was the only one who didn't live on the hill. I lived in the suburbs. Uh, oh, so, okay. Yeah. Well, getting back to just for a moment to, to this Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, there is some talk in Washington uh, that a group called Arabella Advisors has been pushing Jackson. Uh, and Arabella Advisors, you should Google it, A-R-A-B-E-L-L-A Advisors, and pushing this Katanji Brown Jackson over the other candidates uh, <clears throat> because they are a massive, dark-money, ultra-liberal billionaire group of billionaires. I'd never heard of them before. Yeah, Arabella Advisors. Well, no, they don't get any publicity. You're certainly going to hear about them Probably not even hear about the Fox News. I don't know. At least maybe Sean talks about him or or uh, Tucker, but uh, you're not going to hear about this in the in the mainline mainstream media. Uh, so this group, Arabella Advisors, has been pushing Jackson over the other finalists. And when you ever wonder what why this and why that in Washington and other places, uh, Donald Trump is credited with coming up with the phrase "follow the money." Yep. Follow the money. This is a group of billionaires who've said to to Biden, eh, we want you to pick this Jackson woman. And 
guess what happens? Yep. This Jackson woman is picked. Well, uh, yeah, talk about follow follow the money. That I should have mentioned that when we were talking about Lockheed Martin. Yeah, there you go. Follow the money with the uh, with the Ukraine business and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're about wrapping up. We are Bill and Allison, and uh, we are glad you joined us today. We got a whole bunch more things to talk about. Uh, former Pfizer VP urges all women to reject the jab, particularly women of childbearing age, and he was the uh, uh, former vice president, chief scientist for allergy and respiratory at Pfizer. So if you're, if you're of childbearing age, do not get the jab, he says. Uh, a couple of events uh, I, I want to hit today. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow, Sunday, the Texas Wine Country Bridal Show. Find your perfect wedding vendors all in one place. 11 a.m. to 3 tomorrow at Pioneer Pavilion at Lady Bird Johnson Park, of course, in Fredericksburg. So don't forget that. And something not to forget is this Tuesday. If you hadn't, didn't vote early, uh, don't forget to vote this Tuesday in the primary election, March 1, this Tuesday. Uh, there's a bunch of candidates. It's very important that you get out and vote. Uh, now, if you're a liberal, uh, the, the, elec- the election is Thursday. So just remember that. But if you're conservative, the election is this Tuesday, March. No, only kidding about that. We're out of time. And don't forget our, our podcast, firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. Absolutely. You can listen to our podcast 24-7 there. And we are Bill and Allison Mancaro. Remember, we're sometimes wrong. But we're always right. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. You've been listening to the Bill and Allison Mencaro Show. Heard each Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. on the Hill Country Patriots.